well, well, hello, Lauren. Today we're chatting. Greetings. Once again, I'm only hearing Lauren's voice for the, maybe the first time in weeks, months. We haven't really been talking as much. It's taken a toll on us, but we've come together today because we have the one and only Amber Filler up on the podcast. Yes. I can't believe we got here. We are very, very lucky that she agreed to do it. It was super nice of her. I mm-hmm. I was so excited to chat with her because I just feel like she's one of like the few people I follow who is consistently just so, I don't know, like just positive. She really is like, I said this to her on the episode, but she really is just like a light, you know? And so it was, it was just fun to hear her, basically her, like life tips and all about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like a wealth of knowledge. And we get into talking about her outlook, some of her wisdom. We talk about day, we talk about marriage advice. We talk about, you know, her kids, um, kind of like a, a wide range of stuff. So yeah, it's a really good. Ep- yeah. I feel like, it, you know, it's funny. She kind of talked about Mormonism for a second. And we had kind of made a conscious decision to not really broach that. Mm-hmm. A, I feel like it just seemed kind of, I don't know. It just seemed kind of, I didn't want to seem. I think, I think we don't, I don't know. I don't know if we have the relationship with her to like totally talk about that. And I just wasn't expecting that. I also like, just don't necessarily think it's like the most interesting thing about anyone. Like I, I'm more interested in other things and it almost just felt like the, the, the thing to talk about from a PR perspective to like get the most hype and intrigue. And that just isn't like, Mm. that wasn't what I was trying to do. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I mean, to be honest, I just like really, I respect her. And also we just, we aren't super close to her or anything. So I just didn't know that, didn't think that our podcast would be the place where she maybe wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And I also don't want this podcast to turn into like a post-Mormon podcast, but it was interesting how she actually like basically at the top of the episode chatted about that briefly. So the, so Mm -hmm. that was interesting to hear about her perspective in, you know, needing to be open about where she's exactly at in her life. And yeah, it was such a fun interview. Chan, I have so much to tell you about as far as my past couple of days. I had a hell of a weekend. I have not shared this yet. Um, I know. We talked. We're barely the, even sisters anymore. I know. It's so dark. We talked on the Patreon about Chandler's trip recap to Puerto Rico and my trip recap to South Africa, including my safari. So if you're interested in that, you can check out the Patreon, hear about our trips. I also went down another kind of trip, which was interesting. So, um, yeah, definitely want to check that out. And then, um, another thing we wanted to address a little bit of housekeeping is the giveaway. So we, I think because of my schedule have just been a little bit disorganized and we did not really mention the giveaway. I think on an episode or two this month. So we're excited. Yeah, I forgot during the, the Ben episode. All good. So we're going to give you guys an extra week to enter. So the giveaway will end on, let's just say March 8th. So you have a full yep. weekend to March. The giveaway ends on March 8th. So to enter the giveaway to win a walking pad. Chan, what do you do? What do you do? Great question, Lauren. To enter the giveaway, you have to post about our podcast on your story or on your grid. If you're, if you're willing to do a grid post, that would be <laughs> incredible. Um, if you're willing to do multiple permanent grid posts about our podcast, wow. Hats <laughs> off to you. You will only receive one entry, but still wowzers. Um, so what you need to do is post about us in some fashion. And the critical thing is that you need to include a link to our episodes, a link to Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, it's very easy. You can just, you know, share episode or whatever, and anyone can use the link, you know, story feature. So you just drop that in there, link to maybe your favorite episode. That's a critical part. And then another critical part is that you need to, we need to respond to you and say that you've been entered. Um, yeah. So make sure that you can keep spamming us or, you know, hit bump or whatever, if we haven't responded to you. Um, and, Another note is that the story needs to be up for 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, um, I've done the thing before where I've, I've posted something and then immediately taking it down. And, um, basically it's not going to fly here. 
wow, you, I, I absolutely love how draconian you are with these rules. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're basically just trying to encourage people to share the podcast and do what they already would have done. So with that said, we do ask that you don't write in the, we don't, we ask that you don't say, oh, this is part of a giveaway. Cause it kind of invalidates the recommendation and hopefully it's a recommendation you wanted to give anyway, and that you do authentically love the pod. Um, so might I add, I think that also makes people look less thirsty, you know, oh, like, totally. I don't really like, I think like it's a win-win for both of us. We look less thirsty. You look less thirsty. Exactly. You're welcome. Exactly. We can all, we can be parched in silence together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. So post about the podcast on your stories, recommending it to your friends with a link that they can easily click. And that is how you enter and, you know, tag us. So we see it and then we will respond. Um, and if we haven't responded, please, like Chandler said, send a little message and make sure that we do so that you're entered. Yeah. Um, and I will you're tell you fully welcome to spam us until we respond. Yeah. I mean, I think we have only had 50 entries so far. So, I mean, it's not like that. It's not going to be that tough to win this thing. Um, And to reiterate Lauren's note, if you've already bought a walking pad, you will get reimbursed by us. If you win. Yes, you'll get reimbursed by us. Um, So it's a win-win whether you are already walking or not. Okay. That said housekeeping out of the way, anything else, Jen, you want to get into? Mm Mm-hmm. Was that a, was that a yes? Was oh, that a sorry. sorry. That was a, that was a, mm-mm. no, <laughs> okay, I'm good. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, Chandler's done speaking for this intro. So I am done speaking. Thank you. Um, we will cut to our interview with the one and only Amber filler up. Well, 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 Chandler and I are losing our minds. Chandler, you have taken a beta blocker. You submitted because I did. Today is a huge momentous day for pop apologists. We are having none other than Amber filler up on the show. Amber, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I was just telling them that I love their podcast because I feel like you guys truly are so witty and fun to listen to. I was like, I don't know if I'm witty enough to be on here, but nonetheless, it is an honor. Well, absolutely. You definitely are. I feel like, so I have to tell you, I feel like just following you and watching your life. I have so many questions for you. And initially I kind of swindled you into this as like, oh, let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I want your take. And then when you're like, oh yeah, I'll come on. I'm like, actually, I really just want to talk about her. Um, so I hope it's okay. Cause I'm dying to do like a full Q and a on you and your life. Yeah. I don't ask who I am. Okay. Amazing. Um, because I have to tell you just following you, like you're such a light and you're so positive and you're such an enthusiastic mom and you're such a successful businesswoman, and there's such like a goodness there. And so I'm very inspired by you. I have to tell you, um, oh, I would just also, you. can I say that I'm inspired by your hotness? Is, is that okay to say? Um, yes, you can <laughs> say that again and again and again, I will allow it. <laughs> We are talking to the world's hottest pregnant woman. That's oh, yes. I think it's I, in Wikipedia. I am dead because I feel so not hot today. Um, but thank you. Also that is love- shocking. Oh, go ahead, Chan. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that is shocking because when you initially went on camera, like that's the moment that I got starstruck. I literally like started blushing because you're you're so beautiful. We love you. Anyways, oh okay, my gosh, enough. you're so nice. <laughs> Okay. But Amber, I remember back in the day, I remember following you when I lived in Provo, you were barefoot blonde, you had a blog. And so I would love at the beginning, if we could kind of take this way back, um, because I'm super curious now in 2022, it's so easy to be like, Oh, content creation, you know, influencer, that's a super, lucrative professional career path people can take and be really successful in. But I remember back in the day when you had a blog and I think it was before you moved to New York. Um, and I'm very curious about like your journey in terms of turning this, turning your blog into this full fledged, like full on super lucrative career. And sorry to kind of dive head first, but I just right out of the bat, I'm curious when you realized that your blog and 
you know, the content you were creating could be an actual, like very serious money-making venture. Yeah. Like it's funny because I feel like I've been doing influencer type stuff my whole life, like, like creating content. Like I would take my sisters out to like these random locations, dress them up, do their hair, set up self timer. And like, we would take these pictures. We had nowhere to post them, but like, I just genuinely enjoyed the process of like, my dream job would have been designing, or I guess like storyboarding photo shoots and Mm -hmm. kind of like being a part of like the entire thing, like selecting wardrobe and styling the hair, all of it. So I was doing that like all through high school, just with my sisters and friends and whatnot. Um, So to me, that's kind of what the blog was. Like I would just style my hair, share it. And then that led to like people asking like, well, where did you get that shirt? And then I would talk about where I got my clothes. Like everything happened so naturally. Mm -hmm. But I think when I signed with my agency, um, like up until that point, I didn't know like the true value of what I had going. Um, So once I signed with my management and then I got my first deal where I was like, whoa, like I had no idea I could charge that. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And do you remember like deals before then where you probably charged like way low, way lower than what you deserved, but you just didn't know that you could command like a much larger fee. Yeah. And I think also in the beginning, like a lot of influencers nowadays forget that to work up to charging a lot, there's a lot of doing like free work and just like building relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. So I honestly didn't mind, like I never minded working for brands for free. I mean, obviously you have to set limits on that, but like at the time I just looked at it, like I'm getting experience. I'm making these connections. I'm I don't know. Like I just looked at it all as like experience. Um, and like also being able to like build my portfolio of like, I've worked with these brands and like, that's really valuable. Right. Um, right. So I think nowadays, like, especially since now I'm on like the brand side, working with influencers and I get the influencer side as well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of smaller influencers are like so hesitant to do work for free. But like, it's not that big of a deal. Like you're, it, there is benefit out of it. It's not like totally free and you shouldn't let brands take advantage of you. But like, that is a huge part of like building up to something greater, you know? Yeah, for sure. Just getting like the, being able to show data that you've been able to like move X amount of product and even just having that in your, I guess, like in your arsenal or in your portfolio that you've worked with some certain brands. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so cool. And like my other question for you right out of the gate and Chandler, so I don't mean to dominate. That's generally what no, I do great. is I kind of take over. So feel free to older to sister vibes. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, do you still like doing it? Because like, obviously this is something that you didn't plan, but then you became wildly successful. One of the first movers, a total star. And then it kind of like, so on some level, it wasn't necessarily a career you specifically set out to do. It kind of naturally happened organically. So do you still love doing it is my question. Yeah. So there were a couple years there where I feel like, I don't know, it was like those years in between, I would say, I'm trying to think like how old I would have been. It was probably like 2018 and 19 where I really thought like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, I wonder if I should just, I knew I was going to start day. Um, but I was like, I wonder if I should just start that and just not do influencer stuff at all. Um, so Mm -hmm. I did have a period where I didn't know if I should keep doing this or not, but I think because I started out like Mormon got married in the temple, like documented Mm -hmm. all of that. And like, I just grew up so much over that decade and Mm -hmm. evolved so much politically, religiously, my mental space, like how I look at the world, like everything about me had changed. And especially those years leading up to like 2018 and 19. Um, 
So I have a, I had a period there where I was like, I feel like I'm expected to be one way and that's like not who I am. And so I think being able to just like share where I'm at with the church here is like, I'm not going to like, it's not that I was even pretending to wear garments or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just felt like people, I was still getting those comments, like, well, where's your garments? And I'm like, oh no, we're on like a totally different page. Like I don't, I fully don't wear them. Like, yeah, right. It's not like I'm even trying to like pretend that I wear them. Like I just hadn't said that out loud. So Mm -hmm. I think being able to say that out loud, like, especially for a lot of like the OG followers who maybe were just like in the dark a little bit, like, is she, isn't she like, it just felt good to be able to say it. Um, and I feel like that like sparked my passion for like everything again. Cause I felt like I could finally just be who I am again. If that, I don't know if that sounds so cheesy, but no, I mean, I'm sure that there was like, I'm sure there was the temptation to like start over, I guess. I mean, like all these people had followed you for so long and had known you as this, you know, younger version of yourself or just different version of yourself. And then you evolved naturally. And, you know, and I'm sure like, I guess it would be tempting for me to just want to like start fresh, but I think like, it's really brave to have, you know, kind of been super open to those people. And then, you know, maybe some people unfollowed or whatever, but I, I personally really love your like unfollow mentality. And I think that like Lauren and I, I don't know, it can, it can definitely be sometimes a hit to the ego, but if you do see it as like, okay, if this isn't, you know, your place, that's great. It's actually like a gift to me. So totally. Like once I started to see it like that, I'm like, I don't care if I have, cause at the end of the day, having like a million followers means nothing if half of those aren't true supporters. So I would rather lose half my following and have them actually be true supporters and also just not have to deal with the people who hate follow just for their own. I don't need, I don't know what someone gets out of that, but whatever they get out of that. Do you feel like, so obviously you're very authentic with who you are. And I think I DM'd you this one point because you post something, I think a hater had written in And, you know, I was, I think I said something like, you know, anyone who follows you can tell you can, can see what, like what a good person you are. Um, but I'm curious, and maybe this is a naive question, but do you still, do you feel like you filtered down to your tribe of followers and people who really get it and are with you? Or do you like, do you still, every time you post get the negativity? I mean, yeah, almost anything I post, I'll get something negative, like truly anything like even something about like my cat you know what I mean like I think people just can't help themselves and like I have gotten good at like sorting the negativity into like buckets like okay that's something I should actually like take to heart like because I have gotten a lot of really helpful criticism like that's a big reason why I've kind of grown up over the years is because people have been brave enough to call me out. Like, Mm. oh, you can't say that. Or like, that's not how, I don't know, just calling me out for like, I I was very naive and grew up in a bubble. So it was really nice to hear all these different viewpoints from people who are of different religions and backgrounds and really appreciate. Um, And I think I'm good at recognizing now, like this is something like, I could actually improve on versus this person just cannot help themselves and just needs to Mm. give me feedback and like whatever ignore and then like people who are just truly miserable and like want to hurt me and like those I just completely disregard right right that makes sense I mean it's so funny because Chandler and I still just, you know, it's about two years into this podcast and even one negative review, it'll be like a full day spiral. It'll be <laughs> like, we get like, some, yeah, it's really not healthy. I feel like we almost, I mean, we're, we're working on it. We're just also like so new. And like, I think our egos are still pretty fragile, but we kind of go through, I would say like a cycle of grief where at first we're just like, screw that person. And then we're like, and then we kind of like have a moment where we're like, it's fine. This is just, this is what it is. This is the business. And then like four hours later, we'll text the other person and just be like, 
I'm just like, I still can't believe they said that. Like, why did they say that? Like, why did they say that? Anyway, so one question I have for you and well, someone wrote, wrote it in and I'm curious too, is when were you able to, to, and maybe you're not, maybe you're still, you know, maybe it's still tough, but it sounds like you really don't care on some level. Like you're, you're very self-actualized with that any sort of criticism or, or you're really easy to put it in its proper context. And was that just like a, um, like a exposure therapy, like just having to deal with so much mm-hmm. of it, you just get used to it or how, like, how did that happen? How did you get to where you are? Yeah, definitely exposure therapy for sure. But also like in the very early days, I would say like, I mean, cause I didn't have a following yet. So I didn't have like followers or supporters. I would say like 90% of the people who followed, it was out of this like like cringy, like, what is she doing? It was mostly just so foreign to people that I would say most of it was hate at that time. Right. But like, to me, it was just my hobby. So I'm like, well, I'm not critiquing your hobby. Like, I don't know. I, I just didn't care because I loved it so much. So I think being able to work through hate is a testament to like how much you actually love something and are willing to like keep Mm. going and like working through it um and I genuinely just like love doing hair I love creating content so I just didn't care if everyone hated it (laughs) like I'm gonna do it anyway yeah um so that but also like I don't know if you read the book by um is it Chip Wilson I think the Lululemon guy anyway he was talking about like how people hating Lululemon was so good for the brand because you have to have like these polarizing opinions in order for people to love you. And you don't want just like a bunch of people who are neutral about you. You'd rather have people who like hate you and then have a big group of people who love you. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of fine with the hate because I'm like, whatever, I have a group of people who have my back. They support me. They get me. And like the rest of you are just, I mean, it's fine. It just is what it is. Well, and like you have a point of view, like that's what I think is so interesting. Like, I think there, there's a lot of like boring content out there. Like Lauren and I are constantly trying to make sure that like the podcast isn't boring. And I think that we like, we need to make sure that we have a point of view. And I think you do an excellent job of having a point of view, but then that also, you know, comes with like hate and people who are, you know, not going to agree. Yeah. And I definitely have to make sure before I share a point of view, like, am I in the headspace to deal with feedback? Like, Mm. because I I'll get it regardless. So it's like, am I okay? Like dealing with that today? And like, sometimes the answer is no. And I'll just like delete something or not post it. But yeah, it definitely like it can, it's not even that like it weighs on me from like a hurts my ego. It's more just like annoying and like annoys me. And then the annoyance, like puts a damper on my day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, kind of speaking of criticism, speaking of letting other people put a damper on your day. Um, I know that you made the decision to take your kids off really. So your social media and to stop posting pictures of them, um, you still incorporate them in your, like, it's, it's strange. Like you don't see them anymore on your social, but because they're such a part of your life and we see there's cute snacks, which are actually should be award-winning. And that's like a whole other topic I, I want to get to. Um, but we, you know, they still feel kind of omnipresent, but anyway, I think people are very curious about you making the decision to not post them anymore and how that's going. Yeah, I was definitely nervous. Um, I knew I obviously deserved to be able to set that boundary for myself, but at the same time, there are so many people who have followed, um, like my entire kid's journey, their entire journey Mm -hmm. and have like really been there to like support me through my motherhood journey. And so in a way I kind of felt bad, like taking that, I guess, even though I knew I deserved, I was I'm able to do that and they would respect it. Um, But I was a little nervous, but I just, I wanted to switch to like sharing motherhood through my lens and not theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, And at first I tried to do it just quietly. um, But then I 
people kept asking about it. So I finally was like, yeah, I made the switch. And there's a lot of reasons why, like some of them I don't even want to say because I don't want like Barbara Streisand, Streisand effect to like draw attention to these things, but yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Um, but like one big one is like, I would be around people and like Frankie would cry or something and they'd be like, oh my gosh, like she cries. I didn't, she's always so happy. I'm like, well, duh. I mean, my kids are normal kids that show human emotion. And I felt like they were just being held to these unrealistic standards. Mm -hmm. Um, that like just wasn't fair to them. And so, especially with them, like going into school and making friends, I didn't want them to like be put in situations where they do something completely normal, but people look at it as like, Oh, what? Like you're, that's not how we see you. You know what I mean? Right. right. I didn't want to like build these like perceptions of them on the internet. I just didn't think that was fair to them especially since they're really becoming like their own people now. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was like a big reason. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, it's just so interesting because I just feel like it would be so hard though at the same time, because don't, I mean, how many times do you have the cutest photo or the cutest video and you're like, ah, like I made this policy and now I can't share it. Or do you like, does it not even phase you? You're I like mean, totally good. I thought it would. And now it's weird. Like I, I have a close friends. Um, like I, I share, I still share stuff, stuff with close friends. Um, so I feel like I still feel like I'm sharing it with people like my friends yeah. and family. Um, but I weirdly don't feel that at all. Like I fully went into it being like, if I lose all my followers, my engagement goes down. Like, I don't care at this point. Like their privacy is everything to me right now. So I kind of just went into it fully knowing like it was going to be so different for me, like how I go through content, shoot content, but I was like really prepared for all of that. Yeah. And weirdly, weirdly though, my engagement has been like higher than ever, which is, and I, I didn't know this until I had talked about, um, not showing the kids, but a lot of people actually messaged me and started to say like, Oh good. I can follow you again. Like, I think a lot of people are actually unfollowing mommy bloggers because they don't agree with what that like stands for anymore. Um, interesting. Yeah. Like, I think we're all just becoming so much more aware of privacy and why it is so important. Mm -hmm. And like, I think I genuinely think every mom on the internet knows what's best. Like I would never judge another mom for showing her kids. Obviously I like literally just stopped. Um, so I'm not in any place to anyway, but I think we're all just like learning more about it. And like in the beginning it was so new and now it's like, well, it's not it's not so new anymore. Like we know more and Mm -hmm. yeah. Totally. Just like being a little bit more judicious with it, you know, and selective. Um, yeah, I I feel like though, like your, your presence is still like, um, grounded a lot in motherhood and the things you do for your, even if, you know, you weren't really makes me very excited to be a mom because like, I don't know, there's just so much joy and fun in it. And so I would love to hear like how you find, like where you find the joy or like, what are your, like, what's your outlook on that and why you have such like a joyful mentality about it. So not to be like so heavy or anything, but like, I was a fully like depressed teen, like looking back and like, Oh my gosh, that's so sad to think about like how, like in what a dark place I was in. But like, truly the thing I kept thinking about is like, okay, whatever. I'm like sad and depressed right now, but like, I'm going to be the funnest mom. Like I would journal all the things I wanted to do with my kids and like the type of mom I wanted to be. It was, I guess, like manifesting back then as like a little teenager. Um, so it was just something I always looked forward to and like truly got me through like the hellish years of being like an awkward teenager and whatnot. 
Um, so I feel like now that I'm here, I'm just like, holy crap, like this is literally what I looked forward to my entire life. And like, this is it. Like I'm actually living what I dreamt about. Um, so I feel like that just like generally energizes me and like makes me so excited about the whole experience. Um, I mean, that I don't is know. Like, it's just oh, fun. Go ahead. I, that is such a magical like story. I, I feel like, you know, being an, an emotional or maybe depressed teen, like usually like leads to just like some like angsty journaling about like music or boys, but like, that's just so sweet that it was actually about like, you know, your future of being a mom. So that's really wonderful. Yeah. Like I loved babysitting and like pretending to be mom with like the kids I would babysit. Like they trusted me as like a 15, 16 year old to like watch their kids for like five days at a time. So I would be like taking them to school and like having them do homework. And I just thought the whole thing was so freaking fun. Like doing all the little mom things. Um, So I don't know. I just like always looked forward to this phase of life. So I still am like, holy crap, like this is it. Okay. Um, speaking of all the little mom things, one thing I love that you shared was that your mom would always have snacks for you guys. And like, I'm very into being nurturing and like being like a a really good partner in that way. Like I love to cook. I love to be very maternal and nurturing, even though I'm not a mom yet. Um, and so I just love the snacks. Like I go crazy for your, for the, like the fruit (laughs) works of art. Um, and it's something I genuinely look forward to whenever you share it. Um, and so anyway, I'm very, very curious about the, the snack art that is created for your kids. Like like what, how long it usually takes, um, how often you do it. And like, you know, if they love it anyway, just indulge me and in t- telling our listeners about the, yeah, I don't even know what you call it, but it's amazing, <laughs> like art pieces of art Done. snacks for your kids. And it's incredible. Okay. Well, first of all, I never set out for it to be that extreme. Like it started out with I saw this hilarious thing on Pinterest and my kids were next to me and they were like, oh my gosh, you should make that. And normally I would never attempt something like that because I'm like, that takes too much time. Like, you know, they're fine with just like sliced apples and peanut butter or whatever. Um, but they thought it was hilarious and like, I will do anything to get a laugh out of them. (sighs) So I made these, like, they were these banana toilets and it was the chocolate chip (laughs) and it was supposed to look like poop. They're like suckers for anything poop related, of course. Um, so I made that and I was like, okay, wait, that was actually so easy. It like took me, I don't know, maybe five minutes. So then it led to like me doing another one. And then I just realized like all these things you see on Pinterest, they actually are so easy. They take like maybe five to 10 minutes. And I think I'm kind of naturally a creative person anyway. So like I enjoy the process very, very much. So it's like, I love when my hobbies can intersect with their joy. Like if I enjoy doing something and they get joy out of it, it's like 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Um, so they just like, they started getting to the point where like they would run home to see their snacks. Oh my and like, gosh. I mean, they are so excited to see the snacks. It's not even funny. And it's just the funnest thing ever. Like I got so much joy out of that, but like, I just kept going. Um, I would say like, I make something like that probably three to four days out of the week. And then the other day is usually just like something quick or like yesterday. Um, I had all these like freeze dried candies that were sent to us in a PR mailing. So I made like, we just did like a big family taste test of the freeze-dried candy. Um, so sometimes it'll be things like that, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and how long, to, okay. How long do they take like out of your day? Cause obviously you have so much going on. Like that also fascinates me. So genuinely it, it I would say on average, probably 10 minutes, some of no them have way. taken me longer. No, I'm not kidding. Um, and like, people always say like, Oh, you should film it or whatever. Like I, I want to see the process and I know I could film it. And like, you know, make a TikTok out of it and it would do well. But I also feel like that would suck the joy out of it for me. Like having to set up a whole like phone operation and 
I don't know that whole thing. Like I just, I'm usually on a work call as I'm like doing it. And I just, I don't know. I just whip it out. But like, we already have a lot of, um, like I cut up all our fruit and put them in the containers in the fridge. So everything is already like pre-cut just so it's like easy for the kids to like grab and eat throughout the day. Um, so I already kind of have everything prepped. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you for indulging me because that was an endless fascination of mine. Um, sticking with the topic of parenting, someone wants to know what, if you have a specific philosophy on parenting or a particular philosophy. I mean, not really. I think we're both, um, like very intentional parents. We try to be very intentional about like our time with them and the way we talk to them. Um, but I was actually just listening on TikTok to this um, child psychologist and she was saying how like nowadays with like all these gentle parenting trends, um, she feels like parents are so hard on themselves. Like mm. if they don't always respond the right way. And she's like, you can actually respond the right way. Um, I want to say she said like 40% of the time and it has the same effects. So wow. like if you, and I don't know, like this is just one TikTok I saw. I have not like fact checked this or anything, but like <laughs> she, she said 40% of the time, like we'll get, have the same effect. So like, just be easy on yourself. Like it doesn't always have to be like this, you know, sit down gentle thing. Like you can still be like, Hey, stop hitting your sister. You know what I mean? Like, and have like those normal parenting moments where you kind of mm-hmm. just like are quickly like. I don't know. Just being like a normal parent, I guess. Yeah. Um, not everything has to be like so thoughtful, but I think like the main thing for us is just like communication. Like if we do lose our cool, like making sure we tell them like, that's because I had a long day at work and like, it had nothing to do with you. And that's kind of when people lose their cool. So just kind of like explaining, like it's our fault, not your fault that we lost our cool. Um, I think communication is more important than like always being perfect and never losing your temper. Like if, if it's just like any human, we're all humans. We all have our emotional outbursts. We all have our moments. And I actually think it's like, would be more harmful to model something completely unrealistic. Like they have to see that you're a person and that you're, you can be pushed to the edge on some level. Like parents are not robots just in the same way that kids aren't robots and they can be pushed to the edge too. And they can melt down and we're all just trying to figure it out. Totally. No, I completely agree. Someone asked like, what's the best marriage advice you've ever been given? Um, I actually think it's probably when I was in college, um, I had this college professor who, um, he was very, he would always stress how important it was for someone asked like, what's the best marriage advice you've ever been given? Um, I actually think it's probably when I was in college, um, I had this college professor who, Um, he was very, he would always stress how important it was for women to, especially stay at home moms to always have valuable skills that they felt confident. Like if their husband did something horrible, um, and left them high and dry, that they'd be able to support themselves. And his whole point was like every, or not everyone in this room, but a lot of people in this room will get married. And statistically speaking, I don't remember what the statistic was, but let's say like 40% of you will get divorced. None of you will plan on it, but like, it's just going to happen. And like, you have to prepare yourself financially and just like as a human to like be able to deal with that. And that like always stuck with me um, because I feel like there's so much freedom in feeling like you are your own person. I like have my own hobbies. David has his own hobbies. We Mm -hmm. both have our own individual like talents and skills and like, because we can't control our spouses. Like at the end of the day, one of us at any time could go do something really horrible that would tear our family apart. And we can't do anything to stop the other person from doing that. So it's like, we're only in control of our own lives. So I I love the feeling of just the, the freedom of feeling like, I'm my own person. If he decided to do something, of course I would be like devastated, but like, I also am like capable of like living a happy life, supporting myself, being a good mom still. 
Um, so I don't know. I feel like there's so much freedom in that and also just freedom for your spouse too, where like we can both just feel like we have the freedom to like be our individual selves and grow together. Um, so I feel like that's a big thing in our marriage is we both very much let the other person just like be who they want to be. Um, yeah. and I love that feeling. What's so funny about that. And I've talked with Chandler about it is I feel like my dream was always to never work. Like I was just hated, I just hated working so much and I hated like the financial pressure of having to work. Um, and I recently kind of gotten to this place where like, you know, I don't necessarily need to in my, in our relationship and where things are at, but I have been, you know, working on this podcast and another business. And I've talked with Chandler about this a lot. Like, knowing that if something was to go wrong and you know Kagan my fiance was to decide that this wasn't the the relationship for him like the, the to know that I could go rent an apartment if I needed to that I could be totally fine like I wouldn't have to move in move in with my parents it wouldn't be this huge dramatic thing like I have these great jobs that I've built for myself like knowing that you can support yourself I think it first of all it empowers you so much and it allows you to be the most vibrant version of yourself. And I think it also allows the other person to not feel this, you know, crazy pressure. Um, and so I just think it's so good for you as an individual and for the relationship as a whole whole. So I totally love that that was the advice that stuck with you because I think it's so true. And I think on some level, when, when you're in a position, when you are disempowered in that way, and you don't necessarily have a backup plan, on some level it can kind of bring out your most insecure, it can bring out mm-hmm. insecurities and a lesser version of yourself that can wield its own problems in a relationship. Yes, exactly. I feel like without that freedom, you start to like micromanage what they're doing and you start to feel insecure. And like, I love the freedom of like, just feeling like he could talk to a woman and I don't care. Like you can have your friends and you can of course, we're going to have our own personal boundaries as like individuals and as a couple, because I don't think anyone should act like they're um, like immune to making those mistakes and like putting themselves in dumb situations. So we Mm -hmm. would never do that. But like, I don't, I don't feel the need to like micromanage his life and his interactions. And I feel like I'm totally comfortable in who I am. And yeah, I think it just gives you a lot of freedom. I also think as a woman, knowing that you can support yourself and provide for your own lifestyle, there's, I think it also helps with getting older and not that, you know, I think you and I are both like the same age. I think, are you, I'm 31. Um, yeah, I'm thir- I, yeah, I'm 31 too. I'm almost 32. Like, and not that we really know what it's like to truly get older at all, but I do feel like on some level knowing, like for me, I never want to stop building and making money and growing and being totally, you know, working towards that financial freedom. And I just kind of feel like it also is kind of nice to know like, oh yeah, if something went wrong later in life, I'm not necessarily so worried about it. Cause I don't need to depend on my looks to attract a guy to then also provide a lifestyle. Right. Like, on some level, I think it also kind of provides another uh, a huge sense of relief in that realm of life as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And I completely agree. Um, and like, even for David, like he's the stay at home dad right now, but he's still um, like, I give him the freedom to develop his skills in whatever way he wants to. And like, for him, that's kind of this film photography thing he's doing right now. He's, um, I feel like he has plenty of skills that he's like developed and kept and still mm-hmm. like nurtures where like, if I were to do something stupid, like he would be fine and he could make a living and you know what I mean? Cause right. that's the thing that sucks for stay at home moms is like, you have this major gap. So it's like, you just have to like, this is what my professor was saying in college. Like you just have to be aware of that and like have something that you're confident, even if you're not using it throughout that gap that you could use it. And like, that'll just bring you so much peace of mind. And ironically, like probably lead to you not getting divorced because right. you'll be in like such a healthy state of mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, kind of talking along the professional lines, I'm very curious like managing, I mean, day is a major 
company. Like it's in, I was in Sephora uh, in New York. There it is at checkout. Like I, it's, it's so funny. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I feel like even though it's our first time chatting, I'm like, oh, that's my friend Amber's company. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, know. I love it. That makes me so happy. <laughs> you do a very good job of making people feel connected to you. So I'm like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm like day totally. I, I I'm like part of <laughs> We're that. like insiders. Um, <laughs> no, I would do the absolute same thing. Seriously. But obviously like managing a company with inventory, hard goods, um, it's such a different thing than just lending your you know, identity or, you know, promoting another product. So I'm very curious about your, your experience running a company like this, if you enjoy it, the challenges there. Um, and, and yeah, kind of that side of, of your work right now. Yeah. My dad was an entrepreneur growing up and owned his own business and he was always kind of talking to us about his business terms and walking us through like his silent partner and how he, like, I learned kind of a lot of those things just from hearing him talk to us. Like we were adults about it, which was really nice. And he would always bring us to work with him. Um, so I knew I always wanted to start a business. Um, and then we started BFB and that was like a crash course in business for me. And we still own BFB. Um, and it's like doing great and everything, but I learned so much from launching it. Like if I were to go back and relaunch it, having known everything I, I know now, I would do it differently. Um, but I'm so proud of where it is now. And I'm also so glad that I'm able to use all that knowledge and launch day now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been wild because I've never worked with a retailer. So that was something completely new to me. And Sephora has been such a trooper because we launched like right before COVID. Um, and it was just me and one other person, my brother-in-law, who was kind of helping me get all of this going. So a tiny, tiny team. Um, and I'm like, you know, doing social media and dealing with Sephora and doing product development and I mean, everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so it's been incredible to learn how much goes into running a retail business. It's Mm -hmm. bananas how much goes into it. I think people would be floored to see how much I'm actually like on calls and doing Mm -hmm. emails and like doing like actual business things, because that's the stuff that's not fun to document, nor would it be necessarily enjoyable for someone to like witness and be a part of. It's just like the mundane things you have to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been wild. Yeah. And do you, do you feel like day has given you the freedom, um, to not necessarily need to do as many brand deals or not have to kind of push, like, like I I remember you said on Instagram, like I I'm very aware of how much of not trying to tell you guys that you need to buy a bunch of stuff all the time. Like I don't, you know, like you're very aware of, you can really, I feel like be very selective with picking and choosing what brands you promote. And most of your content is not, does it, it's not like sponsored. I feel like most of it is just seems like things you actually just enjoy. And it's like your life and you're posting, excuse me. And does day give you the freedom to do that? For sure. Day. Well, I don't pay myself anything from day. So I have not, if if anything, I pay day (laughs) because I'm always like funding things. You know, we self-funded the company. Um, so I'm definitely in the hole with day. I'm not getting paid. Um, and I definitely am looking at day as like, I'll get something. I'm not worried about not paying or I'm not worried about paying myself right now because I know there's something bigger coming. Mm -hmm. If I can just focus on like building something great right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do still have to keep up with, you know, the blog stuff, the campaigns and whatnot, but it's not a sustainable job for anyone to just be an influencer. Um, oh my gosh. Like I can't imagine how claustrophobic it would be to, 
feel like I need to do this for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, I would go insane. So I, it does give me the freedom of feeling like I don't have to do this forever. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really nice because it just, again, like makes it a passion for me instead of this feeling like a job. And that's kind of what I've always tried to make it feel like. So it feels as authentic as possible. Um, but yeah, so it does give me that freedom, but it also is like, you know, day is like a grind right now where I spend almost all my time on it. Um, and we won't get anything out of it for a while, but I'm Mm -hmm. fine with that because it is like, I, I think about it. I dream about it. Like it's, I put everything into it. So right now it's just so fun that I don't even care. I mean, but how exciting to, to be able to build something that you love and then to have this audience already, who's along for the ride, along for the journey, this built-in consumer base. Um, and then hopefully like a great exit, like that is, that would be, Oh, Lord, you cut out for a second. Oh, I just said, and then hopefully, you know, how great would it be? What basically I says, how great would it be to be able to build something amazing that you love and are passionate about, and then also have a built-in consumer base and then, you know, ideally have some incredible exit. So really, really cool. I'm very excited about to see where things go. I'm obsessed with the deep conditioner. I have the huge, I think it's 32 ounces. Um, the one that's sold out right now, cause I tried to reorder. So I'm yes. Oh my gosh, we cannot <laughs> keep those in stock. It drives me bananas. I mean, inventory issues right now for all companies are insane just because everything is so backed up still from COVID somehow, like everything is sitting on a ship somewhere. Um, so like, that's been a nightmare for like even Sephora because it's, it's a, it's a problem across all brands is just not being able to get stuff fast enough. Um, so yeah, it's been like so frustrating dealing with out of stock things, but that's something that like, as soon as we launch it, we're like, okay, we think we're good for like six months. And then a month later it sells out and we're just like, (laughs) oh, F like, what are we going to do? So I still have, I think a third of my container left. And so I'm hoping that gets me through until your next restock, but I love it. And it's the perfect ratio. If I get the normal size shampoo and then the huge deep conditioner that like I go through like one, like those, those, like for the amount of shampoo and the amount of conditioner I use, it's ideal. So, and it looks so cute in my shower. I love it. I know. I, I love it so much. It like makes me so happy using it. Do you have any, anything you're like really excited about coming up with day, anything you can tease, um, even just a hint? Yeah. So when does this come out? This will come out next Wednesday, the next Wednesday, the second. Okay. So yeah, we have a product. I think we'll start teasing it around the time this comes out. Um, but it's a multitasking styling product and I'm, (gasps) it's like, it's so good. We're like our team. I mean, we've had the formulation now products take a really, really long time to make. So like when we launch something, our team has already been using the product for like at least a year. Um, so we've been using it for so long and we keep running out of our samples and our team is like, fighting over like who gets the next sample. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Cause it's so good and just so perfect for like the hair trends that are happening right now. So I can't wait to like, finally be able to show people what I've been using for like these specific styles. Um, so we have that coming out in March and I'm like so excited for it. I've been counting down the days for the last like year. I'm not kidding for this product. <laughs> okay. I cannot wait. I'm super excited. I love the cactus flower leave-in conditioner too. I feel like in the moon mask, I feel like everything you guys do, there's such quality and it smells so good and it looks so cute. So I'm very excited for the new launch. Yeah. Thank you. We spend like so much time trying to think of like the whole experience because we want the whole experience to feel very sensorial and thoughtful and not just like you're using a product. We want it to feel like an actual experience, you know? So we spend a lot of time on all those little details, like texture and scent and all of that. I think like, especially with scent, like that's where I'm just like 
completely obsessed. I don't know how you guys have done it, but it is like, it's the best yeah, the smelling scent. mask, shampoo. Like sometimes you can get a good smelling conditioner, but not a good smelling shampoo. And like everything is across the board, like wonderful to put on. And anyways, it's genius. Well, and yeah, the shampoo, it, like, glistens. So like it looks like so pretty and sparkly. I know, and, like, right? It's like yes. so shimmery and pretty. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. I I'm just going to say right now I have other like other things in my shower, like a raise, like different razors than that are not day. Cause day razors don't exist. But one day <laughs> I dream of a full day shower kit. So there's no, oh, it's, it's coming. It's yes, coming for sure. That's what I we have hear. so many fun things coming. Like we basically have our next three years completely mapped out. Oh my gosh. Um, Cause that's kind of how far in advance you have to plan when you're with mm-hmm. a retailer. Cause you're pitching products. I mean, upwards of like a year and a half in advance. So, um, you have to be, and especially with like all the delays now, if you want to avoid them, you have to plan so far ahead. So right. definitely have you covered, but unfortunately some of them will take longer than others. So I can't wait. I can't wait. I when that day when I take a shower and everything is day, I'm just going to feel like I'm in like an outdoor shower in Arizona, like in the middle of the desert, full yeah. Amber Feller at <laughs> totally. vibes at, you know, at, at, <laughs> at dawn, um, or at dusk. Oh my gosh. My favorite. Okay. Wait, speaking of Arizona though, I'm, I love your like summer vibes and your poolside vibes with your kids all the time. I'm very curious how, and this is kind of a total hard left turn, but how often you're actually like, do you, like, is your life swimming with your kids and having fun with your kids like all the time during the summer and and then also how you keep your tan doing that I know this is kind of a random question no okay the tan situation is so frustrating um because yeah I would say we swim five days out of the week year round oh year Um, round oh my gosh yeah I mean like right now we're not swimming but we're in the hot tub every single night like there's probably only a couple nights where we don't go in the hot tub that is the dream life. Wow. Yeah. So it's like our favorite way to end the day. Our hot tub also just like automatically turns on at five o'clock. So it's like, it's already hot. It's like ready. Um, and it's like our favorite family activity. Like we all just sit in there, hang out and then get out and get ready for bed and put them down. So it's kind of like our little routine. But yeah, the spray tan situation is very unfortunate. I've learned a couple tips to like prolong it. Like I can't rub my body after the hot tub. You have to just like pat dry. Mm-hmm. Don't touch anything because any friction, as you know, will just take it right off. Right. Um. So I always like pat dry. And then I also don't wait for the previous one to come off. I will put another one on and like, does that make sense? So then the, yeah. the one that's under the previous tan, it, that just comes off naturally. And the other one stays on somehow. So like two days before, when I know it's going to start coming off, I just throw another one on, especially pregnant. I'm like, I do not even want to see my natural (laughs) skin. (laughs) I don't want to know what color I am. I just want to be this fake tan color until this baby comes (laughs) out because it is the only way I feel good. Um, honestly, I want to be that fake tan color until the day I die. Like I want to be buried like a a beautiful hint of tangerine bronze. Like that is my dream (laughs) Mm -hmm. because on, it just looks so good. Wait, do you have a favorite self tanner that you can share? So I love it. So it totally depends like in between. Um, Oh, I should share like my calendar of self tan. It's kind of like this, like I have certain days where I use certain products. I'm literally salivating at the that thought of that. I need grail. it in my life. Yes. Okay. I need to send it to you. Cause it's kind of hard to map out like verbally, but I will send you guys the full calendar of like the days and then the products I use in between to like prolong it. <laughs> and there's you- also, have you guys used the, um, it's like, Oh gosh, what's the brand Bondi boost? I think. No. Um, and I've heard of it. Yeah. It's not there, but it's not their self tan. It's almost like makeup that you spray on. Okay. Okay. And it gives you instant tan. It doesn't develop. It's like instant, but it also stays on for probably three days. If you wanted to take it off, you could like, you could 
scrub it off in the shower, yeah. but you could also go in the hot tub and it's not going to come off. Wait, no so, way. And it's like a makeup. It's like a makeup that comes out in like an airbrush form. And it's just incredible. Like if I have to shoot a campaign that I forgot about and don't have time to like wait for a self tan to develop and deal with that whole thing. I just put that on my body and it is, oh, it's the best. I have to send you guys the link. Does it rub off like on your sheets if you go to sleep in it? No, some, and I, it's like a magic product. It does not rub off. It does not smell, stays on in the hot tub and is like the perfect bronzy tan. Okay. So what would be the reason this is this, I'm dying. What would be the reason why you wouldn't just just use that, just go full, just that product. Is it like too expensive? Is it annoying? Yeah, it is expensive. It takes longer to apply evenly. Okay. So usually like if I'm filming something and I just want like a little bit of tan on my face, then I'll add this to my neck instead of like actual makeup, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, or like if I'm shooting like maternity pictures, like I always will put it like on my belly. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. So I don't know. It's more like I, I don't do like my full body in it. It's just like as needed. Um, or it's like you're going out, you know, um, okay. I don't want to smell, but yeah, it is more expensive, harder to apply. And then it also, I would say starts to like rub off after like three days versus like a self tan, which is more like six days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it, so it's just a good supplement or last minute. Yes. Thing. It has its place. Incredible because this, your self tans are always on point. And I was just going to, I was just wondering, like one of my questions was, is she just naturally like perfectly tanned? Is that just her genetics? No, so, it's no a huge I'm like so white. I always wear sunscreen. I never, I mean, I could get tan. I do get tan in the sun, but I, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have, okay. I, I have another general question, but Chandler, I don't want to, I'm, I'm trying to be aware no. of allowing you to share the mic. No, this is great. I just want to make sure we're conscious of time. Amber, are you, oh, yeah. what time do you need to run at? Cause I feel like um, we're maybe at time. No, I have like, I have four minutes. So we're good. Okay. okay. You have, Lauren, Lauren, okay. you go. Four minutes. Um, I just, I feel like, and the, I, the, I feel like you your vibe is very much one of positivity, of warmth, of like at ease in my life, love my life, very much like um, intentional. And I'm just curious if you have any advice for people on being so at ease in their skin and so happy. That's that's my one, my big question. Yeah, I I feel like my answer to this would be, I don't know if this is a helpful answer, but I just had someone the other night be like, isn't it exhausting to like do all this self-help stuff, like journal before night and read before bed and all this, whatever, like all the healthy habits, like, isn't it like exhausting to keep up with? And I'm like, it's truly exhausting not to, because if I Mm. don't do all those things, then I am losing my patience with my kids and dealing with that. And then I'm losing time because I'm like having an anxiety attack over like being stressed out about my schedule. And then I like, don't feel like I can even handle my schedule that day. So I don't get anything done. And then I have more to do the next day. So it's like, it's almost like, yes, it is a lot of work. Just like fitness is a lot of work, but like the payoff is just being so much more streamlined in my mind, like in my brain Mm -hmm. and my headspace and being like a calmer parent. And of course I still have days where I'm like, you know, being like a sloth going from bed to bed, feeling like I can't do anything or I still get overwhelmed or whatever. But I would say for the most part, I feel so much more streamlined when I'm doing all the things I know (laughs) that get me there. Like working out and journaling and doing affirmations and like all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think the payoff is just so much greater than like dealing with not doing it. Yeah, totally. So doing like doing the work, doing the true work of self-care because yeah, ultimately not doing it like is much more stressful on some level than the, the stress of doing it. 
Yeah, exactly. And it is kind of like fitness where in the beginning, you don't necessarily see the rewards yet, but then, and like, I especially feel like this about therapy. Like at first when I started, I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? This is making me like more depressed. Um, but then all of a sudden, like everything starts to lift and you're like, oh, I feel like a different person. Like this is weird. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of worth putting in the work and like going through that period of this is exhausting and taxing. Why am I doing this? Um, knowing you're going to grow as a person and like have that moment, you know? Absolutely. Amber, thank you so much for coming on our little pod. And so blessed. Truly, truly. Oh, thank you guys. We're no, obsessed. thank you. You guys are so fun to listen to. Like truly one of my favorite pods to just put on when I'm driving or like getting ready. Oh. Like I genuinely mean that it feels like we're just like hanging out chatting. So keep doing what you're doing. You guys are amazing. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much, Amber. Truly. That means the world. Um, we're so, so grateful and we will catch everyone next time. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. bye. all for now folks don't forget give us a five-star review hit us up on instagram at pop apologists and we will see you next week live every wednesday do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them then we've got the perfect podcast for you I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.